Uh, welcome to everybody that's here. I see uh, Jenny, Don, Sherry. I hear Mickey and Joni, and uh, Bob, oh, I see Bob's name. And uh, is that is that everybody? I think so. And I'm recording, Alan. I think we'll be okay. But it's up to you. You want to back up a recording? Bob, you don't need any backup. You're all over it, man. I I, I trust you completely. So uh, I, I'll let you do your thing. So uh, I'll just I'll let release the mic one more time before I get started. Just to see if there's any other comments before I get started. That's your first mistake, my friend. <laughs> Okay, well, I didn't hear any other comments, so uh, let's get started. I, I apologize again for being late. Uh, today is August 21st, 2016, and this is the Worlds of Books a meeting. Today we are discussing Wait Till Next Year, and I believe there's some more subtitle after that. Uh, I don't know what it is, by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Uh, first, I'm going to give a little bit of a bio on Doris Kearns Goodwin. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to read this. She was born January 4th, 1943 in Brooklyn, New York, which we we should all know if we read the book, uh, since this book is really kind of about her life. It's, uh, it's a bit bi- uh, autobiographical, I'd say. Uh, I've got a little more information about her. She is an American biographer, uh, historian, and political commentator. Now, let's see. Uh, some of her notable works... Lyndon Johnson and the American Dream, the Fitzgeralds and the Kennedys, an American Saga, No Ordinary Time, Frank and Eleanor Roosevelt, The Home Front in World War II. That won the uh, Pulitzer Prize for history. Uh... Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln. And then The Bully Pulpit, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, and The Golden Age of Journalism. I think that's her latest book. Uh, Okay, sorry for for the delay, but those are some of her notable uh, books she's written. Let's see... Uh, she was a White House fellow, I'm not sure if that's what they called him back then, in 1967, uh, as a White House fellow, yeah, in, in the Johnson administration. And uh, now this is from Wikipedia. Let me just give credit where it's due, first of all, and you'll understand why in a minute. And uh, uh, Johnson apparently was considering her as, uh, as, a, as an Oval Office uh, assistant but then apparently she was a fairly big activist against the Vietnam War back in back in, during this time period and wrote an article for the New Republic that I believe was entitled something like Dump, Dumping Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, so uh, that got back to him, I guess, and she ended up being moved to the Department of Labor. She got to stay in the intern program still, but she got moved to the Department of Labor, so that ended up knocking out. But uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting side note. Uh, let's see. She got her Ph.D. in 1968 from Harvard. And the other thing that was interesting about it, she was uh, accused of plagiarism. And I don't remember all the instances, but apparently it, it occurred in on more than one occasion. And it, it, apparently she was one of the types that 
she footnoted her stuff very liberally where she, she was given credit for, for stuff, but apparently she lifted actual uh, pieces of text, I mean verbatim, but didn't but didn't give proper attribution when she did that. Either she didn't quote it, I guess, or, or, or whatever. I don't know what what the whole deal was. But that happened on more than one occasion, so I just wanted to share that. I thought that was interesting. Uh, uh, she ended up settling with one of the one of the people who she supposedly plagiarized, and uh, yeah, and then she's also been a political commentator on Meet the Press fairly often and on the Charlie Rose Show. So uh, I'm going to release the mic. That that's most of what I've I've gotten about her. There, there's a good bit more. Uh, she's I think she's age 73 now. She was on Stephen Colbert the other night. I caught her on that, which was interesting. They talked a little bit about the uh, uh, about the upcoming election and stuff. So uh, I was glad I got to see her because uh, that was since I've read this book. So anyway, all right, I'm going to release the mic and hear what y'all have to say about it. Well, with regard to the plagiarism, it was Team of Rivals was one book. She blamed her researchers, but, you know, she's got to take the, the fall we don't see her much on TV anymore. She, Michael uh, Vasloff and Doris used to be on in 08 and 04 talking about the presidential thing. Of course, we're getting, we're not close yet, but right around the election, they're giving uh, their thoughts on the presidency. And maybe they, uh, you know, she took a hit because of the uh, plagiarism. You have to be very careful now, as you know, with Alana Trump quoted Michelle Obama who who did we know? You know, it was she gave a good Alana gave a good speech. It was all right, but uh, she quoted uh, Michelle and got into trouble. But I mean, it was like two sentences. So, but the, with now we have no privacy with the internet. You could look up anything. I personally loved the book because I was I was alive when the Dodgers uh, Jackie Robinson came in, showing my age here. When they won the world championship, finally in 1955, I saw the Boston curse. The Boston when Babe Ruth was traded, I believe in 1919, uh, he put a curse on the Red Sox because he didn't want to be traded to the Yankees, and he put a curse, and it lived till 2004. And of course, at the end of the book, when Doris was crying. You know, her son says, Mom, we'll, we'll do it next year. Don't cry. But she knew the curse. She said, it's not that easy. Uh, but to uh, what a family she had. And uh, she describes the community where she lived. That was my community. It was yours. Where you, you were a village. Neighbors cared about each other. Neighbors came in and out all the time. They, uh, you knew them all. And uh, she described my community, and I'm sure yours. I think it was a great a great choice. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll just say on the plagiarism thing, uh, you know, I know people make mistakes. I, I know that happens, and uh, but I mean, nowadays it's, it's it's way easy to check up on all this kind of stuff. And even if it's not way easy, you got to go out of your way to properly attribute stuff that you use that other people have have, have written. So, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know all the details on 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 her particular case and stuff, but. Uh, uh, you you just really have to to take care, and I'm I'm a big believer in giving people credit when I if I quote them even in an email that I post to a list or something I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention that and stuff because I, I just think that's right. Okay, y'all, let me hear your thoughts. Well, I loved it, absolutely loved it. I think the only place that she went 
differently from my upbringing was I don't think that my Catholicism was quite as strict as hers was. Um, could be because we had uh, uh, four different religions in the same family and we just kind of <laughs> took what we needed to take. Um, but the, the I remember the the Dodgers and the Yankees because the Dodgers were the National League, so of course we always rooted for the Dodgers. And uh, when we got our our, American, our National League team, the Braves, we were so excited and kept it going for a while. Um, we're very upset when it, they moved. I mean, it was just it was the culture. And my my our front door was always open unless. We were gone. Uh, people would come on in, and, and we'd sit around and watch TV, or we'd sit around and listen to the ball game. Or it was just there was there was magic. This was this was a really nice look at what used to be. I'll just add when World War II ended, we had a block party. People hugged and kissed all night. We had bologna and eggs, and you thought we had a beautiful. You know, I thought I was having a steak. It was wonderful. All the horns were honking. If Joni knows that, I'll shut up so she can reminisce too. Well, on that uh, World War II, and I know that's digressing, but uh, my grandmother, I was three years old at VJ Day, and Grandma grabbed me, pulled me outside, and started screaming, the war's over, the war's over, and I'm going, yeah, so what's that? And I started crying, <laughs> and she said, no, no, we got to be happy. And people were banging on pans, and people wouldn't do that now. If we had whatever we had, we wouldn't. We we we've lost a lot of our spontaneity. Um, this book was very interesting to me. I loved the the parts where uh, she was talking about her childhood because it was mine too. I mean, she was three years younger than I was, and and. Oh yes, well when the uh when the war ended I was five and mom said to me the war is over and um so we're gonna go out and we're gonna take the baby, of course, my sister, uh who was born in forty October of forty four and um mom had said that, you know, I knew of course that there was a war in Europe and a war in Japan. I, couldn't quite understand because I was five uh, the difference because the war was over in, in Europe I guess in June of 40, was it 44, whatever and then when the war was over in Japan uh, mom said to me I think I had had my bath already and I was in my PJs and mom said get dressed we're going out and she had said that when the war was over there would be dancing in the streets. So I said, oh, Mommy, can I dance in the streets? And she said, yes, you can, and I did. And we saw everybody. Everybody was out, and everybody was so happy, and everybody looked at the baby, and they thought that she was so cute, my sister. And uh, I guess maybe I was a little jealous because they were all saying how cute she was. And uh, But we stayed out, and we talked to people, and uh, I danced. <laughs> And the thing, I like the book because of the very, uh, the, the memories that it brought back. Um, 
of course, the pay phones and the, um, oh, just so many things. I can't think now, but uh, I kind of, um, well, you guys know, uh, although I've been trying to learn about sports, I'm not much of a, of a uh, I don't know that much about baseball or, well, any sports, really. I've been trying to learn, but. So the, the discussions of um, um, what happened at the games and each individual thing, and I, I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite care about that because I'm, I'm not really into it, and I didn't understand a lot of it. But I just kind of I read it anyway. Um, what she went through her with her mother was so so sad, and. But her dad was was really really great, and uh, that he had her writing things in the square book, and um, and that her mother was such a reader, and she got her reading. And I love Doris's imagination. It kind of reminded me of me because I always uh, imagined all kinds of things happening, and had fantasies, and and all the stuff, and. She always went into her imagination when she needed something to do, as I did. And uh, all in all, I would say that the book was very good because it just spoke to me where I lived as far as being... Because I would think uh, she would mention 1951. I was 11. She was 8 or something like that. And, um, yes, I, I would say that I would certainly recommend the book, and and I did like it a lot. Well, this is Sherry. I like this book tremendously. I probably read it 15, 20 years ago. I don't know how old the book is, but I read it a long, long time ago on tape for a different book club, and I enjoyed rereading it. It really illustrates the idea of taking a village to raise a child. It was just nice how the whole town watched out for everybody and stuff and how she was close to people that worked in the stores and all that. My favorite part was, I think, when she went to her first confession. I thought that was just hilarious how she had all these horrible thoughts about wishing ill on various Yankees players, and she was afraid to confess them. And it was I thought that was just hilarious. That turned out to be just one after the other, culminating in wishing the Yankees bus would crash. Um, I also thought the part about her mother was, was very sad and very poignant. I thought she was such a good writer, and she mentioned that she knew she, her mother was going to die, but the I think how she put it was the gap between possibility and reality was too much of a bridge, a bridge too far, something like that. I thought that was just brilliant. That really captures the feeling for those of us that have had loss like that, where the possibility is there pretty strongly, but the reality you don't quite grasp until it's already there. And when she mentioned the dog waiting for her mom to come downstairs, oh my gosh, that was just really sad. And I was glad at the end that she's now able to enjoy another baseball team fully and totally in the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I enjoyed this book a lot, too. Uh, uh, I was born the year that the the Dodgers and the uh, Giants moved, so that that didn't affect me as much. Uh, And plus, I was born down south, so I, I didn't. Uh, followed, you know, we were all big St. Louis Cardinals fans, so uh, uh, I got indoctrinated, indoctrinated with baseball from my granddad. So uh, uh, I, I've always liked it. I, I've always been like, I, I followed it kind of like 
I follow the scores after it's over. So um, I, I've never been a real big sports fan, but I've always tried to keep up with what's been going on. And I thought she did a real good job of, of weaving the whole baseball thing in with the history. I mean, it's, this is basically a it's a biography and a, and a history lesson, I think. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the the sections uh, uh, that talked about the Ethel, the Ethel and Julius Rosenberg and, and all that, the, the, the little touch of history. And uh, and I could you could just feel. I mean, she made the the way the neighborhoods were all together, and, and the way they all followed their teams and stuff. She just made that palpable the way it was written. And she's an excellent writer, and uh, I, I really enjoyed going through that with her. Uh, I, I, it, it's sad we, we are obviously in a different time. We're, we're in a time now with technology and stuff. The communication is unbelievably. Uh, amazing what we can do. We can communi- communicate with everybody all over the world. Yet we're becoming more and more isolated as, as people and stuff because we don't we don't do the face to face stuff anymore. So uh, uh, we have this access to these all these electronic communication tools, and people don't know who their next door neighbors are, which is, is really sad because uh, there, there's just nothing like getting together uh, in person to to get to know people. So uh, 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 anyway. Uh, Thank you, Sherry, for recommending this. I think this was a great read. Uh, she she included everything that needed to be included, I thought, and she did it in only seven hours and change, which I thought was uh, uh, that really takes a talent. Uh, some of these authors drone on and on and on. I'm thinking, eh, well, you've messed the writing all up because you put too much in it. She didn't do that, and I thought it was a, it was a very good read, and I really enjoyed it. Well, even when um, her neighbors moved, she made a point of saying in the last part of the book that she didn't really have any memory of who moved in to replace them. So it sounds like things were starting to change even then. Well, it certainly made me want to read some of her other books. Um, I loved her writing, too. Um, She just kind of grabbed you. As I say, with me, it was just when she started talking about how this person bunted or punted or this person did nothing. Another thing, um, I didn't get it. But the thing was, I remember, of course, when Jackie Robinson came into the Dodgers and he and Pee Wee Reese made um, a record, well, an album in those days of 78s, and they used to play them on different shows on the radio, like No School Today, whatever. Uh, and I thought Jackie Robinson, Robinson sounded like a really wonderful person. And then I would hear about him on the news and different things. And um, then I read this book where um, about Branch Rickey and how wonderful he was with Jackie Robinson and how he, he felt that Jackie was so good and um, that um, he he was so, uh, I mean, Jackie did such a wonderful job. And Pee-wee and Jackie were good friends. And um, it, it's funny because not really, I haven't been that much of a baseball fan. And yet I would read books about the players. So I don't know where that comes from, but uh, when Roy Campanella uh was I believe he was in an auto accident and he wrote a book about that and um, uh, so uh, uh, I 
as I because I remember those times, um, it did bring things home, and I I really I can say that I I enjoyed the book except for the baseball parts. Alimony. A couple of quick thoughts. Mickey will appreciate this. Uh, Sherry alluded to it with her first confession. You you can uh, you can take uh, what is it? The Catholic Church out of the, or take the boy out of the Catholic Church, but you can't take the Catholic Church out of the boy. Uh, Mickey, our family wasn't perfect as Catholics, but it was. You didn't go to a Protestant church. A bolt of lightning would hit you. Something would happen when I did the first time. It was okay. You know, and uh, praying, I loved it, praying that the Yankee players would all get injured. And Father said, you know, I'm a baseball fan too, but there's, there's got to be another way here. Don't do that anymore, you know. And uh, there, I don't think it was in this book. There was an instance where they were, uh, maybe it was her, they were at Mass, and at the end, Father said, please, God, let Gil Hodges start hitting again. You know, they were rabid Brooklyn Dodger fans, and I love the Dodgers too. Somebody said they rooted for the Dodgers, you know, over the Yankees. Oh my gosh, I never root for the Yankees, but uh, the Dodgers were uh, first. But it was a lesson, Alan, also in history. Absolutely, the the bomb shelter business, the drop drills in school, uh, that went a long time. We had drop drills when I started going into teaching in the in the sixties. Uh, the, the fear of the Russians attacking us, their fear probably of us, the Cold War. Doris took us through it, Korea, uh, and all this. I remember, you know, when the Korean War started. So there's a lot of history here. If you didn't like baseball, you get the history. But she's such a masterful writer. And there were private stores like the butcher shop, you know, the fish store, the ice cream store. And those guys disappeared. They were wiped out by Big James. And how sad. They all knew your name. You could walk in there as a five-year-old or a seven-year-old if, if your mom trusted you that far with with a, a slip of paper, and this is what I need, this is what mom needs, and they would they would uh, get it for you, and it was, it was perfect. And we didn't have the drop drills. What we did was at specific times we always went down into the basement of the school and stood against the inside wall as and this now you got to you got to see this school as 11 well 1200 students so we'd all be against the the inside wall of the school crunched together as tightly as could be and from what i heard later the 6th 7th and 8th grade boys really enjoyed that well I've got- i'll bet they did we didn't have basements alan i'm sorry i i cut you off off get off there but we didn't have basements in California. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was saying I got a lot of respect for Jackie Robinson. The man uh, had to put up with a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, we've still got a ways to go with race relations. I can only imagine what he had to go through. They bring some of that out in that movie 42 that came out in the last couple of years. It was very well done. And uh, uh, she didn't really get into to much of it in, in this book. But he, he was obviously a great baseball player. And he was he was he was a, a real race pioneer. So uh, my hats off to him, and uh, all, all he did for for race relations. And I have to say, after reading this book, I, I can understand now why they why the musical "Damn Yankees" was was made, uh, both the Broadway musical and the and the movie. Man, they won every year. They won the World Series over and over and over again. Uh, I can't imagine anybody would have pulled for them. <laughs> Starting in 41, when the catcher dropped the ball, 
And the, the relief pitcher, Hugh Casey, killed himself later. I don't know that that was because of that, but it did haunt him through his lifetime that uh, he had strike three. Mickey Owens, the catcher, Dodger catcher, dropped it, and then everything broke up. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, damn Yankees, absolutely. And I think I'm going to stop because I don't remember the great thing I was going to say. Gee, it was pretty good, too. But anyway, uh, Jackie Robinson was an amazing person, a brilliant guy. He was from UCLA and a scholar, very bright man. He had, and Rachel, Mrs. Robinson, is still alive, I believe, and uh, he'll never be forgotten. Uh, well, oh, I know what I wanted to say. My mm-hmm. high mark, Sherry, was when Doris told the story of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie. They were playing in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's near Louisville. And Pee Wee was from Louisville, Kentucky. They called him the Kentucky Colonel. And there were many Dodgers who didn't want to play with him. Dixie Walker, Bobby Bragan. We don't want to play with a black man. And they, they, they organized and everything. But Pee Wee kept him in line. Anyway, they were calling Jackie every name in the book in the stands, just ignorance. And Pee Wee walked out and put his arm around Jackie and looked him in the eye. And that's all he said. And that settled the crowd down. Pee Wee Reese was a great, great man. Well, that would be really sad if someone killed themselves over a sports error. I, I, I guess I'm not into sports as much as a lot of people either. But in spite of that, I really enjoyed this book, even the baseball parts, because I thought her enthusiasm was just contagious and you know, made me want to root for the Dodgers, even though I don't follow baseball at all. She was just such a good writer. Um, and you could tell that she was already interested in history. I mean, she mentioned McCarthy. She mentioned the Rose, Ethel and Julius Rosenberg and their execution and how people were driving around honking their horns after it and stuff like that. So she, even in this book, couldn't resist throwing in some historical references. The McCarthy was amazing. We didn't do that game because of McCarthy as kids. But have you ever had friends and say, let's really tell the truth about one another or whatever. And you do, and it gets pretty hateful. It gets very hateful, and we find, let's stop this. You know, I don't like this game. But the trial, no, like she did, they really took it seriously, and they hated each other. And then they finally came back together, thank goodness. Let's give uh, Jenny and Don a chance to speak if if they would like. Uh, I think we've heard from everybody but them. Yeah, hi. Um, I did not read this book. I wanted to kind of tune in to see if I would want to read it. Um, I was born, you know, about five years after World War II ended, but my dad was in Iwo Jima, and it was very... He didn't talk about it very much, but this is kind of an embarrassing story. I, When I was a little kid around six, somehow... It all dawned on me that the war had ended and this was a big thing. Maybe I was five or four. So we lived in a suburban neighborhood, and I went door-to-door ringing doorbells and telling people, the war is over, isn't that great? I mean, like five years late, but they were all very tolerant. But, yeah, and I used to love very much to watch um, World War II movies when my vision was good in my teens. And um, I, the one of the reasons I was hesitant to read this book is I did live through a lot of this, and... I think it depends, are you in the mood for nostalgia? And I guess right now, I'm not so much. I, I think that Doris is a fabulous writer. I read her book about Lyndon Johnson, and as you all are saying, she's writing about history, but she's writing about it in such an engaging way. She really puts in personal details, and um, I probably will look to her new book simply because it's an era of history that I don't know about. 
And um, but anyway, it's great to hear your comment. Is a new book? Did you say the golden age of drama, Alan? The new book? Uh, no, I think her most recent one's called The Bully Pulpit. I think it has to do with Teddy Roosevelt, with Teddy Roosevelt, uh, William Howard Taft, and maybe the golden age of journalism, something like that. Yeah, that sounds like the right subtitle. That's a great book. She not only writes about Roosevelt and Taft, but she writes about um, the so-called muckrakers and the journalists that wrote about things that happened at the time. So it is an awesome book. As is Team of Rivals, she just brings things alive. Even though they're really, really long books, uh, I had I found them to be real page turners. Yeah, Bully Pulpit is long. I learned more about William Howard Taft, uh, William Taft or Willie, whatever they called him. Them, uh, and Roosevelt, and of course Roosevelt's one of my heroes, almost anyway, T.R., but he had his moments when he was pretty spiteful and uh, he would have been a hard guy, Teddy, to live with the center of attention, you know with that we're getting off the subject here, but we learned about William Howard Taft, Steady and if Teddy would have left him alone he would have been elected even to beat Wilson but I kind of like Wilson, so that's the way history is written Did anybody hear from Don the whole time? Was he uh here without a mic or maybe just listening? Does anybody have any idea? Uh, can you hear, I hope you can hear me a little bit now, but uh, I I remember we covered uh, we read the team of rivals and she, Doris uh, attributed mostly that her assistant, you know, she turned a lot of the research over to an assistant and I think she turned too much on that and that that really hurt her professionally I think and as she said she didn't get invited to give valedictory speeches at the universities and they were cancelled and it was very hard but uh, uh, she is an excellent writer and I have enjoyed most of the books that I've read by her yeah we tend to be pretty hard when Joe Biden who had a brain tumor what in 88 copied the speech of some guy in England I forget the name and uh, they really ridiculed him but he was he I, I can cut him slack. He had a brain tumor and had brain surgery later and so forth. But there, everybody's so watchful watching. If you're a candidate, oh, my gosh, it, it, they're watching for you to stumble in some way. And uh, if you misspeak, uh, you're out of luck. That'll haunt you for a while. You know, they have these crawlers now that teachers use, I guess. I don't know if you had them, Bob. But they uh, go on the Internet to see if some students copied material. So... Uh, you think of you get all these re- newspaper reporters watching a prominent person. There's no way you're, or I don't know, you're going to get away with it. So you really need to to uh, document it. But the guy that I've forgotten the author who wrote a book on how to document a book. Uh, he mentioned Doris Kearns, and he's very critical. But his demands for what he would require from a student for documentation, you had to not only give the source, but how you found the source or something like that. It was really, he was really tough. Well, I heard some speech writers interviewed after the Melania Trump debacle, and they said that nowadays the last thing they do after they write a speech for someone is run it through some stuff online, and it's free and easy to run your speech through and see if there's anything that's been plagiarized. There's really no excuse for it anymore. Yeah, my son's... uh when, before they graduated high school, the teachers required them. They gave them this website that you you had to like run your thing. If you were turning a paper in, or I, I guess it really wasn't a paper. It was probably done electronically. But you had to show that you had run it through this website and show the what the results were. To, uh, you know, so in effect, you were you're policing your own work and stuff. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
there's really no excuse for if if you're going to be lifting somebody else's words not to give them credit for it because uh, it's going to it's going to end up biting you in the rear end if you're not careful. And uh, you know, even if an author has somebody else to do a lot of their research, they need to. I mean, their name's on the book. They're they're supposedly writing it. I'm assuming they're going to read what's even if they don't craft all of the words, they need to read it and. Uh, and know so yeah i know that's easier and said than done when you got a full plate but uh yeah i i wish that hadn't happened to her uh but uh, apparently it sounds like she was responsible so uh it is what it is still a great author though oh yeah i love her i don't care she she's my historian i think she's fabulous well i didn't know she had there had been other instances after that but um she she was a good writer and i enjoy it but but, you know, sometimes when you finish writing something or working on something, you're sick of it. You don't want to read it again, but you really have to do it. Yeah, there's an art to writing history. I know uh, even Donna and I talk about some books. And Donna was so dry, I kind of stop. And she, you don't stop with her. I, I don't mean this one. Team of Rivals, for example. You, you, she, he could get into the dredges of Lincoln's records, and you knew she was doing it. But she's so artful in writing that she holds your attention. When I was in, uh, um, when I did my undergraduate degree, um, you had to sign a thing that you would not plagiarize. And if they found you plagiarizing, you could be expelled. And uh, in social work school, I had to, if I remember correctly, when I documented something, I had to give five different sources. And... Um, I think that was for most of the classes, and oh my God! But I did what I had to do, I guess. Well, I never, I never liked plagiarizing. I always thought it was terrible because I would think I wouldn't want to have any of my work plagiarized. Some people think that, you know, flattery is uh, that it's flattery when somebody plagiarizes your stuff. But I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's right. I wish I were that no- noble, Joni. There was a book in grad school that I needed, but it was on special. It was a special book where everybody got 30 minutes. You know, you go with the reader. And by the time you got to the reading room, and I took it for the weekend. And the guard, he says, I'm not searching you. You're blind. I'll help you. And he carried my briefcase out. I brought it back Sunday night. It was wrong, but I had to get to the stuff in that book because nobody was going to sit there while I was in the middle of the library reading. They said, no, it's too noisy. You know, and I'm excusing, but I, you do what you got to do, and I, I, I passed got an A in the course. But I wasn't as bad as some that handed text and tests through the windows and did stuff. So I, I, but I did that. It's always haunted me, and especially when the guard carried it out, saying, "You're blind. You're wonderful." Oh, thank you. Well, Bob, you know, I did that kind of thing too. I, I mean, you had to in order to survive in school. You had to depend on readers. You had—I mean—that's what we had to do. And um, I also got a book. I think it was out of the library for an hour or something like that. And Mom read it to me as much as she could. And I mean that whole thing. And and you just—but that's not plagiarizing. That's just getting stuff. You know, doing what you have to do to survive in this world. And as blind people, that's what we had to do. So we did it. That, but that's not plagiarism. I absolve you both. I'm, I've done some of it, too. <laughs> we had to. We had no choice. Well, 
does anybody have any uh, parting comments on the book? Otherwise, I'm gonna. It's about time for me to to ease on out of here. I know it's a little early, but uh, I'm gonna let Mickey tell y'all about what the next book is gonna be, uh, and and then I'll I'll add to that about maybe the availability of it. But uh, uh, any last comments first, and then Mickey uh, tell them what the book's gonna be. I just want to say I feel like I was just in confession, you know, and I'm not Catholic, so it's very interesting to me. But thank you for your absolution, Mickey. Amen. Well, hearing no other comments about the book, um, we decided that we would like to do, with your approval, of course, a book called A Brother's Blood. Um. This was took place in Maine. Oh, it's by um, uh, Michael C. White, who I've never heard of. I found him on um, Bookshare, but he is available in other places, which which uh, Alan will tell you about. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm. I let's see. Uh, the farm woman. Rural is is taking care of her brother who has had all kinds of problems. And there was a POW camp, and there really was, in Maine, um, a couple miles from their house. And the brother and sister both worked there, and the father worked there, and there are all kinds of ramifications of what happened while they were working with the supposed enemy and a um, lot of good twists and turns. It's not really a violent mystery mystery, but it's a, it's a good read. I hope you approve. And uh, I'll just say, I'm keeping this on the down low a bit, but uh, uh, I have this book uh, that I got from a... Uh, subscription service to which I belong and I've converted it to mp3 format so if you like uh, if you don't want to read it on Bookshare it's out on Bookshare says Mickey and if you don't want to read a Bookshare book and you want to listen to an audio book that's been recorded I've got it so I've got Sherry's email address I've got Joni's email address I've got Bob's I've got Mickey's I've got Jenny's Don I don't have one for you I don't know if you do email or not but uh, uh if y'all want me to send you a link where you can download this book, it's it's zipped up. There's there's two MP3 files that make it up, and they're both uh, uh, included in one zip archive. I can send you a Dropbox link. I can do it all in one email to everybody. Uh, if you're interested, just I'll release the mic and let me know if you would like to get a copy of this to uh, listen to it in audio format as opposed to reading it from Bookshare. I, I certainly want it. I appreciate it. I want to hear the name of the book again because I can look at Bookshare also. I do things like that. But I, I won't tell Ann Parsons. So don't anybody tell Ann. Alan, I would like it, please. As much as I love Bookshare, I think I'd like to hear it with a human reading. Email address, and I'll send you my, or I'll give you my email. Alan, I think that's great. Um that you're doing this, I am having some real problems with my system being cranky and my email, so I'll probably pass right now. <laughs> Hopefully we'll come out and board. Don, why don't you give your email? You want to give it out loud, Don, or you're going to send it to him? 
It's Queens, Q-U-E-E-N-S, at packbell.net. That's P-A-C-B-E-L-L.net. Queens at packbell.net. Okay, I got it. Uh, Sherry, do you think you'll, you're interested or not? I, I guess since I didn't hear from you, you're probably not interested. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I'm hesitating because I'm trying to look at the calendar. I think the next meeting's on the 19th, and I think I'll be out of town that weekend um, going to visit a nephew in, at, at college in Ohio. But I'll take it anyway just in case. Okay, well, you'll have it. You can listen to it if you want to if you, or, or pitch it if you don't. So that works for me. Okay, well, I'll send it to uh, – I'll send one email, and I'll include Bob, Joni, Don, uh, and Sherry. Mickey, 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 you've already gotten it, I hope. Um, and I, I read it on Bookshare, and it was a good enough book that I'm choosing to read it, um, read by a, a human. Um, it, it was a really good book. It, 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 it was one of those books I couldn't stay away from, and I said, this is the one that's got to be. It's, there's a lot of um, a guy escapes from the prison, or does he? And another guy falls in the river, or does he? You know, that type of thing. So I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds interesting and suspenseful. So did I hear you say this was a POW camp? So was this like World War II-ish time frame? It could be, but could you give the author's name or the name of the book? Certainly the author, I can track him down in Bookshare if I, I go over there too sometime. It's... Um, it is, it is World War II, and there was a camp there in reality. Uh, the name is A Brother's Blood, and the author is Michael C. White, as in the color. And uh, you won't regret it. And if you do, yell at me. <laughs> Sounds good. Need some time. How are you? Copy somebody uh, address from uh, from Dropbox because I've been having trouble from the public folder. Just copy the file. Yeah, the way it'll work, I'll send you it. Uh, well, I'll send y'all all an email. It'll, it'll be the multiple people, and basically the email is going to say, "Here's the Dropbox link." There'll be a link in the body of the email, and when you click on it within your email client, uh, it should prompt you to save the file to your to your system. It should be as easy as all that. Uh, it's going to be, a, like I said, it's going to be a zip file just like it is with BARD. So uh, you should just get a dialog box, box asking you where you want to save it and stuff. And then depending on what device you use to listen to it, you may or may not have to unzip it. I mean, I, on an iPhone, you don't even have to unzip it. You can listen to it in voice stream reader, leaving it zipped up and stuff. So, uh, uh, yeah, so hopefully that uh, that makes sense to you. So, uh uh, I'll probably, I'm getting ready to leave here, but I'm, I'm, I may go ahead and send the email out before I leave to give you all more time to grab it and stuff. Okay? Well, thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed the discussion.